Chapter 22, Afraid Fear is a relative term. Some people are scared of the dark. Others find it in insects or heights or tight spaces. More still are terrified of death and what comes after, what that will mean for them and their souls, if they believe in those sorts of things, but Sirius has never worried much with any of these. What Sirius fears is far worse to him. Sirius is afraid of losing. Loss is something Sirius is well-versed in. He's lost a lot in his life so far, but he feels as though he's gained much more, a better family along the way, that love he'd always been missing as a child. His friends have given him everything, and without it, Sirius knows he'd be nothing, not even worth a second glance from anyone. He'd thought, for a long time, that the Potters slipping away from him would be the worst thing possible, the most he'd ever stand to lose, but now he's looking at the new life somehow forming around him through all this mess, and Sirius is realizing he stands to lose so much more than he'd ever imagined. The next week passes in a half-blur of anger, anguish, and that startling relief that Remus seems to provide him at nearly every turn, always managing to pull Sirius from his darkest moments when he thinks no one else could. He's soft and kind under most circumstances, but firm and unwavering when Sirius needs it most, like Remus can tell and knows just when to use which tactic to gain the best results. Sirius isn't sure how he does it, watching the other man constantly, trying to sort it out in his head, make sense of the things that aren't lining up properly yet. He still studies Remus when he sleeps, thinking that will give him some clues, that ability to simply stare unhindered, but it doesn't. Sirius finds things he's never noticed before, like a fine scar just over one side of his upper lip, one eyelash that's slightly longer than all the rest, grazing the man's cheek with a delicacy even silk can't rival. He maps the slant of his nose, observing the random cluster of freckles near the tip, and once, for a second, Sirius almost leans in to touch them before he stops himself. Teddy comes to stay with them again, and Sirius basks in his jovial presence, but he only stays for a day before Remus falls ill and aching. Dora comes back to pick him up, doting on Remus while she's there, checking him over, pushing him to rest. Sirius is grateful for it, but he also feels a surge of jealousy rise in him that he can't understand. When they're gone, Sirius keeps a close eye on Remus, remaining near to his side. The other man doesn't complain about his presence, but he tells Sirius not to worry, that it happens often, a shadow falling over his eyes that only concerns Sirius further instead of abating it. And then, the next night, without an explanation, Remus disappears, leaving Sirius alone until he returns in the morning, shuffling through the door on barely moving feet, looking pale and drawn, haggard in a way Sirius hasn't seen him before. He meets Sirius's eyes as he pushes the door closed behind him, leaning on the handle heavily, his mouth opening to speak, and then he collapses, and the terror spikes in Sirius deeper. Remus rouses hours later, Sirius having managed to get him in the bed. He's stripped down to his pants beneath the warmth of the layers of blanket Sirius had piled over him. Remus stirs a bit but stills when he sees Sirius seated beside him, hovering a little, watching his face as he wakes and returns to consciousness. Sirius doesn't speak as Remus glances down at himself, taking in his bare chest and arms, the scars there standing out in the afternoon light of the sun, gleaming faintly like rivulets of streaming water. Remus's eyes lift to meet Sirius's, mostly blank, 
but Sirius can see the shields flying up, guarding against the panic steadily rising. What did you, starts Remus, but something in Sirius's gaze seems to stop him. I patched up what I could with flannels and bandages, explains Sirius. You weren't too bad off, but I don't have a wand and couldn't manage to use yours, though I'm guessing trying to heal the wounds likely wouldn't have been very successful. Remus stares at him, his mouth twisting into a terrible line that Sirius hates on sight. You're a werewolf. That's why you knew about the moons, why you didn't go to Hogwarts or any school. Right? And there it is, that fear flooding through Remus as he physically tries to retreat into the bed, looking caged and trapped. Sirius, he rasps out nearly pleadingly, but Sirius only shakes his head, silencing him as he reaches to the side table and grabs up the glass of water he'd left there. Drink, he instructs, hand slotting behind Remus's head, lifting it enough to press the cup to the other man's lips. Remus's wide brown eyes remain fixed on him with a slow-building terror as he does as he's told, downing half the glass before he pushes it away, glancing at it briefly as though he thinks it might be poisoned. Sirius never looks away from him as he settles the water back in place and says. I don't care, Remus. Remus's mouth drops open, his jaw falling slack. You don't, he tries to repeat, but he stops, snapping his teeth together quickly. You don't understand, Sirius. I understand. You're a werewolf, and that's not your fault. As far as I can tell you're not hurting anyone. You have people that love you unconditionally, a family that you love in return, says Sirius factually. And you've been helping an irritating stranger for a month now when you could have just as easily ignored me. Remus shakes his head, brown eyes still impossibly wide. Sirius thinks he might want to drown in them. You're not a stranger, he whispers. No, I'm not, says Sirius just as quietly, and then he's leaning down without another second of thought and kissing him. 